This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're looking to the scripture now. Two main verses of scripture for today. First John 3, 18. I'm going to read to your hearing from the King James Version. And then in Proverbs 22, 6, King James Version again. We thank God for these scriptures. First John 3, 18. We thank you for your word, O Lord. Let wisdom prevail. In this scripture, it says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We thank you, Lord, for your scriptures. Amen and amen. I look around the room. Yes, there are some fabulous mothers, some anointed, saved mothers. My God, one is a mother and a lover of mine. Amen. Thank God. I'm a married man. I could boast about that a little bit. Amen. We got all kind of shackers on TV boasting about women. Amen. You're not even married. Get folks slobbing on women, not even your wife. All up on the TV, my God. But I thank God for my woman. I got a woman right in town. She's good to me. Oh, yes. We have two children together. My only kids. You could search this world over and my only two kids. Thank God. DNA will tell you the same thing. Thank God for that. But uh, women, your job is a challenging job, especially in these modern times. Sometimes, men, we get beside ourselves easily, and maybe we could take you for granted a little bit. Maybe we don't honor you the way you need to be honored. It's not just about a card on some day, not just about some flowers that's going to fade the next couple of days. They only guarantee for about seven days, according to the little thing I read on the flowers. You put the little powder in the water, and they tell you, after seven days, you're on your own. Lord, I say, wow, y'all, th- thanks. But I want you to know I, I-, I honor y'all. Uh, there- there's a story, fiction story, about a man. He thought that it was just simply easy being a stay-home mother. He would complain about his wife. Oh, you don't know what it is out here. Oh, it's hard, this and that. He put her down a lot. And uh, he found out, amen, that one day uh, how tiring it was to keep up the schedule from morning to night, pleasing children, and then later when the man comes home, pleasing him. My God. And uh, one day he got in his deep sleep and uh, somehow he woke up and found out, wait, what happened to me? He looked in the mirror. "Uh Oh, how did I become the mother? My goodness. Maybe he's going to be taught a lesson here. So he had to do all of the stuff from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. And he was like, whoa, I will never again complain about my wife and what she has to do in being a stay-home mother. My goodness, cooking and cleaning, or as Medea might say, cooking, cleaning, my God, doing all the stuff. Then the man came home. He kind of found a little strength to please the man. Somehow he's like, uh, maybe she'll reciprocate when I come back, you know, but uh He found the strength to do that. and uh, He he asked God for forgiveness. Oh, yes, remember this is a fiction story, y'all. But then he's begging God, I want to change roles. I want to go back. I want to go back. Oh, God, I'm sorry for what I said. God said, all right, I forgave you. But now you got to wait nine months. You're about to have a baby. That's messed up. Be careful what you complain about and what you ask for, too. Both. Amen. I don't wish to be amen in y'all's shoes. No, no. Thank God. But what are the primary deeds 
of a mom these days? What is her responsibility? What are her responsibilities? My God, mothers during this season in the world of which we live, what is your primary deed? What is your responsibility? And we're looking at beyond even your own children. What about your own self as a person? We're going to examine a few things here in the Living Truth series that we are yet in. Biblical principles for godly mothers. This is a Mother's Day devotional message. And we pray that you will get some devotion out of it. You want to be devoted to the Lord. The Lord wants you more devoted to him than even your task of being a mother. For if you get with him more often, amen, you'll be able to go through and not fail in any task. My God, you don't have to have that oops. Uh, Oops, it already came out. And once words come out, it's hard to get them back. Can't reel them back, can you? They're gone, they're out there. And a lot of times, you know, we experience the power of our tongue And the words go out and they accomplish what they are set out to do. (laughs) My God, some good, some not so good. But God wants to look at that, how you're made, who you are, and, 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 and love you for who you are. Never mind duty and what you gotta do, but what about you getting with God better? There's a secular professor at Yale uh that responsibly noted, quote, that good parenting is neither black, white, yellow, or green. Doesn't matter what your race is. But good parents, even if they are single, provide for their children's physical and emotional needs. And a lot of women don't necessarily do that. But good parenting will provide guidance. It will provide organization for work and even for recreation. There's order there. Not just go and do whatever. No, there's order in recreation. And a lot of of mothers are not there to direct accordingly. Along the way, parents, good mothers, provide opportunities for their children to develop the problem-solving process. Not problem-causing process, but what? Problem-solving process process. While there are some differences uh, related to religion or perhaps geographic location and things that you go through as far as race is concerned, especially here in America, even though all of those factors are considered, the difference in good parenting is relatively minor. Barbara W. Walters, professor at Yale New Haven Teachers Institute. Now, in that quote, Based on an edited teaching on Christian home life and parental responsibilities by Randall W. Spence of the Maiden Lane Church of God in Springfield, Ohio, I'm going to present to you these uh, four primary parental responsibilities that married and single mothers can use. So there's four of them. We're going to go through them right quick. Is that all right? Amen, amen, amen. So let's look at number one, the responsibility of providing our children with a secure home environment. There are so many insecure home environments today. For that, we look at Titus 2, uh, 1 through 5. But you must teach what agrees with what? Sound doctrine. Instruct the older men to be sober, sensible, and self-controlled, to be sound in their faith, love, and endurance. This is the Apostle Paul helping Titus to know how he must teach. You're going to be a pastor, a good one. You got to teach. You got to teach both genders. Women, a lot of times you have challenges in your life that shouldn't exist because of failures in our manhood as men, in our fatherhood as fathers, my God. But we are admonished with the Holy Ghost power and the word of God, the truth, the living truth and the word of God, that, that what we are doing will agree with sound doctrine, not a faulty premise, not a Bible that's been messed with. 
stuff taken out, stuff added. Don't do it. But sound doctrine. Instruct the older men to have their mind right. That's what the sober is. Amen. Every time I look at some male-related thing on TV, here they go, showing me Hennessy, showing me Budweiser. Last time I looked, Bud wasn't much wiser from drinking that. Hallelujah anyway. Amen. But they think us men want to see that. And they, they show some woman that our wife on there. Maybe she's sexy enough to convince us to come on in and chug a lug, chug a lug, chug a lug. But the Bible wants us to be what? Sober. And being sober, next, uh, after that comma, sensible. You're not very sensible when you're not sober. You're sober, you're going to be more sensible. Amen. God can get into that, into that mind. Sometimes I'm trying to witness, witness to somebody. And then in the conversation, the Holy Ghost says, you're not talking to him. You're talking to his drunk self. Thank God. No wonder I'm spinning around on Meyer, Meyer clay. See, if you got sobriety and sensibility by God's spirit, then you're going to have what? Self-control. They got to be self-controlled. They got to, uh, you know, get their hormones in order. My God. And be sound in their faith, be sound in their love, be sound in their endurance. They're not saved on Monday and then punch you in the eye on Tuesday. My God, no. And third, the third verse, in the same way as a pastor, he's telling Titus, instruct the older women. You got to instruct them to behave as what women should who live a what? Holy life. Not kind of holy, not sometimes part-time holy, but a whole life full of holiness. Amen. They must not be what? Slanderers or slaves to wine either. Amen. They got to be sober. They must teach what is good in order to train the younger women. See, there's a generation coming up. We got to handle our business. We got to do what's right because they're coming up. We got to hand the baton of life to them and they got to keep on keeping on. So you got to train the younger women to what? Love somebody else's husband? No, the scriptures say what? Love their husbands and love somebody else's children better than your own. No, love your husbands, what? And your children, amen? Handle your business in your home. In verse five, and teach them also what else? To be self-controlled too, like the men got to be. Keep their hormones in order, Amen. And if you don't, they got some pills for that. Amen. Be self-controlled and pure and to be what? Good housewives who submit themselves, what? To their husbands, to their own husband, not somebody else's. Don't be the girl next door that wants some more. Loose here. You got to submit yourself to your own husband so that no one will speak evil of the message that comes from who? From God. Your life is supposed to be representative of God. Not just the women, but the men too. Men should be leading the way. Amen. Lead. If you're going to be a leader, the head and all this big talk, then lead correctly. Lead me, O oh Lord, little L, lead me. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. You know, psychologists tell us that our feelings of security or the lack thereof are directly related to the security with which we are surrounded in the first years of our life. I tried to tell one of my professors that she was vehemently uh, against me. My God. But some of the reading uh, I have done uh, point in particular to the first three years of life. As being the most important, those formative years. There's studies about it. Therefore, our first responsibility as parents, as mothers today, amen, is to provide secure surroundings for our children. My wife is an honored, amen, anointed woman that God has called to be that kind of mother to provide what? Secure surroundings for her children. It's not hard for her because that's my main task. Amen. She feels more secure when I'm home. Amen. She don't have to look over the bed. Oh, where's my baby? I done lost my baby. I don't know where he is. Nope. She don't have to sing that song. 
She don't have to say love would have brought you behind home last night. She don't have to say that. We have a secure home. Hallelujah. My son Nimi could tap, tap, tap on my door. Amen. And he might not might need to talk to me. Some men talk or something. My God. Get a male perspective on this here thing. And we can have little talks. I like the talks we have. My son has grown up. My God. And I found out he's somewhat uh, introverted like me. I'm up here preaching and all, but this is the Holy Ghost. I like just sitting there minding my own business. Amen. You don't mess with me. I won't mess with you. Bye bye. Stay over there. But everybody's all intrusive, intrusive, not discreet. People who are not discreet, they like to intrude, violate all of that. Going in places where they don't belong, touching what shouldn't be touched, getting all up in my space. Seriously. I'm an introvert. Leave me be. My son is like that. Amen. So I, I, I could tell, you know, certain times, you know, just let, let leave him be. Then I look around, look at his face. He, should, he can't hide much of nothing. He is right there. But that's the gift of God. God wants him to be that holy man of God. That's a counselor. Because counselors look you in the eye. They look you in the face. They figure you out. They aim not to mess you up, but to help you get right with God. And he's got a good, amen, sounding board of an anointing, amen, because I could go bouncing stuff off of him, thank God, and he knows to put it in the proverbial, emotional, psycho-emotional garbage can. He's not keeping it, he's just listening, affirming, and, you know, uh, uh, building me up in the most holy faith, good counseling, without going to school for it. Hallelujah. Thank God. Isn't that one of the fruit of the Spirit? Got a counsel. Some people can't do that. You tell them something, they're going to tell everybody. News 12, no, everybody know. One text around the whole world, world, world. Thank God, but you can confide in a good, holy, anointed counselor, and it won't go past their front teeth. Thank God. Don't tell everybody to tell everybody to tell somebody that don't know somebody. Loose here. You got to, I say, shh. Scripture says, study to be quiet and to do your own business. Sometimes you can't even let your left hand know what your right hand doing. Sometimes. So sometimes, yeah, it's good to be an introvert. You could get that job done pretty well. So thank you, son. Keep on keeping on. Be encouraged. I squeeze you in on Mother's Day. Thank God. Because there's other souls in the room. Hallelujah. Anyhow. And I believe one day he's going to be one of the best dads ever. Amen. I hope you're looking at me. You see some good stuff. Mostly good. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyhow. <laughs> but our turn is coming in June. Amen. Back to you women. You ain't getting away. I see you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants us to have secure surroundings for our children. Amen. And it's going to be a nice, safe place. They can let their hair down. Safe place. We don't have to creep through muddy water and spy on dry ground. A safe what? Place. Is your home a domain of peace and camaraderie? Building each other up in the most holy faith. Amen. Is it a peaceful place? You can sense peace in a home. You can sense an anointing of prayer has been in a home. Amen. Sanctioned by God. Amen. Not murky, troublesome waters, but a peaceful shore by green pastures. Hallelujah, anyhow. Thank God, which brings us to number two. The responsibility of developing character and providing discipline. That's a responsibility. Good mothers should have that. Proverbs 23, 13 says, do not withhold discipline from a child. And I emphasize from a what? Child. One more time. From a child. <laughs> if you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Amen. See, the proverbial rod here, it changes. You got to go into the Hebraic and study a while and let the Holy Ghost reveal things to you. But this proverbial rod changes with every development of age and you cannot play catch up. 
That's what some people are doing. They're trying to what? Play catch up because they neglected their post. And now the kid is towering way above Babel, higher than high. And you're trying to run up to them and chase adults with a belt in your hand. You can't play catch up. Early childhood. Important. Do it right there. Amen. Pop, pop. I'm going to get Mr. Pop, pop. Uh Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Yes. Get yourself in line. Thank God. Make them learn right there. Our kids got in line. They messed up. They, I looked around with a little face. They said, oh, clean up time. I said, yep, got that right. I said, if you could mess up, you can clean up. Clean up everybody everywhere. I used to play on the piano, clean up. Oh, take me up higher, clean up, clean. I have a little church with it. Everybody everywhere. Everybody do your share. Everybody do your share. I just play it like that, like a church. You know, they looking at me like he think church is up forever. My God. But then they, they went into mid-childhood. My wife is praying all the while. She's in her prayer chair. Prayer chair. Thank God for her. She had that mother prayer chair. All through early childhood, the, 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 the prayer chair, which led our kids to get through early childhood, reach mid-childhood without belt marks on their back. She didn't take off her pumps and pound them in the back. I've seen such things in the school. One little girl said, my back really hurts. I said, what's the matter? She could act like she couldn't tell me. I said, go to the nurse, get checked. But I'm all right now. I said, no, go to the nurse, get checked. I, I called the nurse at a time. I said, something about her back. She need, you need to look at it. Pull the shirt off. There were look, looked like pump marks from the mama's shoe. My God. And that mama found out that I led her child to the nurse to do that. Amen. And then she was mad at me. My God, don't be mad at me. I didn't put the marks on her back. You got to get your child from early childhood, middle childhood to late childhood, hopefully unscathed without problems. Amen. Don't, amen, bruise them so emotionally that they have problems in the next threshold of life. And now they're limping into the next threshold, and now they're going to be farther behind. My God which leads to early adolescence. That's a turbulent time in life, early adolescence. Why? Hormones are kicking in. My God. And now they got more to deal with. My goodness, my goodness. My kids used to share the bathtub in early, 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 and one more early childhood. Amen. Thank God. And right in the middle of early childhood, I said, okay, that's enough sharing the bath water, but we ain't going to throw out the babies. Amen. Thank God, thank God. So early adolescence came, amen. Everybody knew their place, amen. My daughter didn't straddle me when I was on the couch. I didn't let her do it in early childhood. I said, no, this is how ladies sit right here, boo. All right, there, put your leg over there, amen. Both legs together, there you go, that's right. Thank God, thank God. So my, my, my wife didn't have a problem with Sienna being home alone with me when she was the firstborn, Amen. Because there's some freaky, weird, crazy men out there. You can't trust them past your eyelashes, ladies. Pretty as they are. You better not. My God. Uh, Because they got some dirt on their mind. My God. It's not just dirty old men. It's dirty young men, too. My God. My God. You got to protect the babies. Because after a while, they're going to be a teenager. Then middle teenagers. Hips, lips, fingertips, everything coming in. My God. And they got to know their place. Or the devil will tell them another place. Leads into late adolescence. And if they're not in the right place, mothers, coaxing them along prayerfully, oh, they're going to find themselves in the wrong place at the devil's right time. Which leads into young adulthood. There's more to learn. Oh, my goodness. If you make it through there, you're going to go into adulthood. We pray unscathed by, you know, evil things. My God. Uh, And mothers, remember this. It's until death do you part. My God. But they're adults. Nope. Till what? Death do you part. Are they ever going to be older than you? Unless you passed on and went to glory, then they pass your age. 
But unfortunately, some of us have been hurt so bad, sometimes kids pass your emotional stage because some of us are stuck right there where that thing happened to us and we didn't get past it. And then our kids could outgrow us. That happens psychologically. And sometimes we can. Amen. It's like two teenagers fighting. Some got it so bad, a woman tried to whip her son. My God, they in the middle of the street fighting, fist to cuffs. My God, my God. But I read of one mother from a previous century who had 19 children. What did I say? 19 children. Uh, to raise that many children requires a disciplined household, uh, to say the least. In fact, she had 13 rules she enforced without being too evil and punitive like an evil mother would. But let's quickly go through her 13 main rules. Is that okay? And some of them may be useful to some who may hear this message if they have younger children. You may want to use some of these. Number one, you got to allow uh, no eating between meals. That makes sense? Uh, okay, Johnny, here. Here you go. Here you go. Now, what, what are you doing now? See, now they have no protocol to be able to wait for anything. Got to put their hand in the cookie jar every two seconds. I don't want no dinner. I don't want them veggies. See, they're full of cookies. I could hear my mother's voice ringing from my early childhood days. You're going to ruin your appetite. No. Go in there and wait. I knew to wait, but one time I got some unction. I don't know what happened to me in first grade, but I might have heard somebody pick up some spirit somewhere. I said, well, when is dinner coming? Why did I say that? I saw my mother's face, her visage changed. Lord God. I said, okay, I think I said the wrong thing. I'll go wait and play in the playroom. She said, that's a good idea. Yes, sir. Number two, put all children to bed by 8 o'clock. My mother had 8.30. She had a little 30-minute grace. Thank God. 8.30 bedtime. I remember that. 8.30 bedtime. Some of these kids in my class, I went to bed 10, 30, 11 o'clock, 12, past midnight, all kind of stuff. I said, no wonder you look like you dropping your head down on the, on the desk. Can't hardly listen past the first word in the sentence. My goodness. 8 o'clock. My God. Three, require them to take their medicine without complaining. That's kind of hard, especially when castor oil was real castor oil. Lord, God. Then they invented the tasteless one. My mother was able to give that without too many problems in warfare. My God. Number four, teach each one to pray as soon as he or she can speak. Amen. And you can start off even when they can't. I used to do it in utero. In the name of Jesus. You hear me in there? Say, Jesus, Number five, require all to be still during family worship. Some mothers let their kids just act like a nut and not even, amen, uh, putting any kind of hold on them. My mother had a nice little thing she would do, pinch my little thigh down there. I don't know where she found the meat. When she was mad at me, she called me narrow tail. Get your narrow tail over here because I was tall and skinny. Thank God. And uh, if I was wiggling too much, trying to go over here and do this and that, she said, I said, sit down. Boom. I said, ooh, ouch, that burned a little bit. But I bet you I didn't move no more. <laughs> she didn't do it and leave a mark, but she did enough for me to wake up and say, oh, yeah, I need to obey the rules. Number six, give them nothing that they cry for. People are, oh, that's hard. And only that which they ask for, how? Politely. I hear kids just snatching things and running. I said, oh, 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 no, oh, no. All up in the store, just crazy. Number seven, to prevent lying, punish no fault, which is first confessed and repented of. Make sure that process is in place. You heard that process? Number eight, never let a sinful act go what? Unpunished. Oh, it's okay, Johnny, go to bed. Then you're going to be rising to steal again. Lord God. Number nine, never punish a child twice for a single offense. I beat you yesterday. Here's another one just in case you forgot. No, don't do that. Stop. Number 10, commend and reward good behavior. But mommy, remember you said when I was, I said, be quiet, boy, go to bed. My goodness, you promised. Wow. Number 11, strictly observe all promises that you make. Amen. 12, and if you can't keep the promise, don't make it. Amen. <laughs> 
Be good tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Your Ferrari is your, is your prize. Oh, yes. Amen. I, I, I would promise my child that then I go get a Hot Wheels out of the store from, from Walgreens. Cost a dollar. Here go your Ferrari. All right. Number 12. Teach children to fear the rod. Not the way you might think. You holding up all, flashing it around town, and do acting like uh, massing them from back in the day. Stop. Number 13, subdue self-will in a child and thus work with God to save their soul. Amen. So much of that is not going on. Now, guess who this mother was? Susanna Wesley. You know her? And two of her sons you might know, John Wesley, Charles Wesley. Uh, they went on to found the movement known as the what church? Methodist church. Wow, Methodism. Uh, they, they, they started that up. And they became perhaps the two most influential religious leaders in American history to date. Now, we parents, mothers especially today, all know that one of the most difficult tasks we face is that of disciplining our children. Mothers, you got to do it. It's not easy to know how to discipline, when to discipline, and how much to discipline. I think Mother Norris knows. She used to tell Robert, all right, that's enough. And he would, you know, cease and desist. Nevertheless, the truth is this. No matter what challenge, you got to do it. Amen? Because if we don't, Guess who will? Society will. Proverbs 23, 13. Don't forget, do not withhold discipline from a child. And in Proverbs 13, 24, we read, he who spares the rod hates his son and daughter. He who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Uh, it is an act of love to discipline a child. If it's done correctly, the child's not stupid. This don't feel like love, you know. What's love got to do with it, Lord? <laughs> I read recently, unfortunately, a sad but true fact about young people in our world. Young people under the age of 18, under what age? 18, will this year account for more than 2 million serious crimes. Isn't that a shame? And about more than half a million children will be hauled into court just this year. My God. A few years ago, you may remember this old commercial, an oil filter commercial, talked about the importance of changing your car's oil and filter. The man in the commercial said, quote, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. <laughs> My God. Moreover, many of our families and society are paying for the neglect of our children in the area of discipline. Not disciplining correctly, which brings us to number three. The responsibility of helping our children build a future based on biblical standards, biblical morals. Uh, we go to Psalm 61, 5. And I found this version called the Aramaic Bible in plain English. In case you may misconstrue Psalm 61.5, we go all the way to the old language. Because you, O oh God, have heard my vows and you have given an inheritance to those who worship your name. And King James would be fear your name. Sometimes we don't know what that means. It means to worship your name. His name means something. It stands for something. There's a standard. Isn't he Yehovah Nisi, my standard? We raise a flag to let the other countries know of what we stand for. See, God stands for something. Kids need to learn to stand for God. They got to see you doing it. Galatians 2, 19, the same version. For I, by the written law, have died to the written law that I might live unto God. See, the Old Testament will show you yourself so you could die to yourself and not depend on your own self to try to juggle life and manage sin so you could do all the Ten Commandments. You're never going to be able to do it. God don't want you to, to feel like you could do that. It, it should be an inherent failure. 
which will lead to who? Depending on Jesus. You got, it got, it's got to lead to Jesus. It's got to lead to you depending on the power of the Holy Ghost transforming your life. God's got to work in you. The Holy Ghost is still working. It's not subject to negotiation. Christians are unable to live a what? Holy and separated life in this what? Present world that I might live unto God. It's got to be by the finger of God. Amen. Franklin Roosevelt was touched. One day he said, we cannot always build the future for our youth, but we can build our youth for the future. Makes sense. Amen. Let's get them ready. Number four, the responsibility to pass on the faith. Proverbs 22, 6. Here again, the promise of Proverbs 22, 6, very important, which is a verse that many parents hold onto with hope. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. We got to be careful how we interpret this scripture and listen real good. In this scripture, the parent and, 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 and looking at today who we're honoring, mothers, listen up, mothers. Amen. Now, here we see the parent is an usher. Mother, you are an usher. In other words, a leader, a guide. Imagine yourself guiding somebody through the thicket guiding them. You know the way they don't. You're guiding them, right? You're a leader. You're guiding. And not only that, you're not just an usher. You're a coach, which is like a tutor, a mentor, a manager, right? A life coach, if you will, that has been given principles, not a promise. So you're given here what? Principles, not a promise. We read it like a promise, but it's principles. The proverb can also be understood as encouraging parents to train their children along the lines of their natural personality traits. I can't train Sienna the same way I train Andre and vice versa. My two kids showed me well. Sienna did certain things. She learned a certain way. A lot of it was sort of like my learning style. Andre has some of my learning style, but different. Some of it like Lisa. I said, it's like talking to Lisa with man pants on. Look. Now listen, listen real good. Are you a pictorial learner? Oh my God. All right, let me show you the vision. Sienna don't always need pictures. Not all the time, you know. Different learning, you know, skills, patterns. How you are, how you're made. You can't be the child. Uh, you got to be like your older sibling. You know, you can't do that kind of stuff. They're different. Train up a child in the way of what they should go. That's what that means. You see here, natural personality traits. Rather than forcing them into professions or trades for which they have no native, natural, or especially any spiritual inclination. Because God gives gifts severally as he will. Thus, the author I'm looking at, Kittner, says that the verse teaches respect for the child's individuality and their vocation that they were born to do. Not for his or her selfish will, though, which is easier at times to accommodate. We just accommodate them for what they think they want. We got to stop listening to those songs. Uh, teach children, let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Oh, stop. Hold the press. <laughs> we can't coddle their innate sinfulness. They were born and shaped in iniquity. Mothers, I know you look pretty and all, but you birthed them in iniquity. You sinful women. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all know how I'm saying that, you know. But we are saved by grace. Sinners want saved by grace. And we got to lead the kids accordingly. We can't let their little selfish will be the ruler in the house. God is the ruler. Hallelujah. How many children have had their innate sinfulness pacified, though, throughout history? Amen. Uh, look at King David. He pacified a lot of his kids. And then the brother ended up raping the half-sister. 
my God. And one of the brothers was mad about that because she was more closer to him than the other brother. So he murdered him and then going to try to take the throne. My God, you got to train them the way they ought to be trained. My God, David's life should teach us something. And look at Cain and Abel. My God, jealousy all up in there. Cain busts Abel up. My God. Loose here. We got to train them up. You got to know what Cain is all. I see you, Cain. Put the rock down. What are you doing? You know. And, and, and the proverb that we just read may be a warning that if you train a child in the way that he himself or herself wants to go, he will or she will continue to be spoiled and self-centered in life later. So you're building up a monster. You have created a monster. Oh, my God. J. Adams writes, the verse stands not as a promise, but as a warning to parents that if they allow a child to train him or herself after his or her own wishes permissively, they should not expect him or her to want to change those patterns when they mature. You trying to chase an adult with a belt. Stop. You caused it. Children are born sinners. Don't forget that. They know how to sin. My father showed me. He said, well, uh, notice when the boogaloo music came on, the little baby with the diaper knew just what to do. They didn't go to dance school. They started wooing their little behind down there. Lord God, my father showed me that. I said, my God, he's right. There's something to this here, innate sinfulness thing. Children are born sinners and when allowed to follow their own wishes will naturally develop sinful responses. Gotta be on lookout. Be watchful and prayerful, mothers. The basic thought is that such habit patterns become deep-seated when they have been ingrained in the child from the earliest days. My professor wanted to go against me on that. Wow. Uh, she needs to visit the prison house and let them testify to her. It all started long ago. I was in the crib and I was able to figure my way out of there and sneak in and do this and that. And my mama congratulated me and hugged me and kissed me about it. Then I thought it was a good thing and went on in the teenage world and did it some more until the police cracked me across the head. But I kept on going because I felt my mother was my cheerleader. Wow. What are you cheering them to do? Go ahead, baby. My boy, you better steal that money. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lose here. See, the word, the phrase to train comes from the Hebrew, hanach. Say it like you got something in your throat. Come on, hanach. Don't do it too hard because something might fly out. That's a term related to the familiar festival. You know the festival in the Hebrew? Hanukkah. One of my Jewish colleagues said, a Christmas tree is nothing but a Hanukkah bush. That's what he told me. I said, you are funny, very funny. <laughs> he had jokes like that. God rest his soul. But Hanukkah comes from the Hebrew, which means dedication. What? Dedication. Amen. Do we dedicate children? We do. Some people call it Christianing, but we like saying dedicate them to the Lord. Amen. Give them over to God. The word Hanukkah relates to a setting aside for special use. That's for sanctifying. See, set aside for what? Special use. A dedication of a child to the Lord or to the path of God in his or her life. Amen. It includes the stimulation of proper responses, perhaps even the creating of a taste for something and the initial guidance on right paths. It is the primary parental task, very important, to receive children as a charge from the Lord. Not just having them all willy-nilly, all these Ishmaels running around with no purpose but from the gate of hell. My God, you got to have the purpose of God. We knew our babies were coming and we prepared the way. God prepared a way for our hearts to have the children. He had to work on us first, five years without having babies. He said, y'all need the, the grace period of five years, the number five, grace number. He had to get us right so that we won't, you know, just because Lisa raised her eyebrow funny don't mean she's doing something, you know, to hurt me or saying something smart like she, I can't even trust you. What does that mean? When you raise your eyebrow, I saw that, I saw that. We had to get rid of all of these crazy, quirky things. God had to iron out some things before the kids came. Amen. 
We knew that we could absolutely trust each other. One brother said, you let your wife go down there with the choir down south a couple of days. Don't you, you trust her like that? I said, wow, what, what kind of Christianity are you doing with your wife? My God. Yeah, we trust each other. And I meant what I said. Uh, two getting together, but God put us together. Christ is in the center. He's keeping us together. Amen. She's herself and I'm myself. But the two become one flesh. Anthony Lisa. Amen. One person. Thank God. You did it to her. You did it to me. You did it to me. You did it to her. Amen. People try to come to her all privy and maybe we could control the, the husband through you. That ain't going to work. That witchcraft. Loose out of here. Amen. She's a brick wall on that. And you try to come to me to get to her. I'm a brick wall. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow, God is the one. He's my stronghold. My mighty fortress. A mighty God is he. Hallelujah. Thank God. I'm trying to teach here. Lord Jesus. So our primary task is we are given a charge from the Lord to dedicate these kids to the way of God in their lives. In this manner. The verse presents the educational principle of readiness. Somebody say readiness. Readiness, just as Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. On uh, NLT, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to mature Christians. They say, what? You calling us immature? He said, hold up. I got more to say. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. Were you calling us babies now? I got more to say. The Holy Ghost gave me more. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't handle anything stronger. See, they didn't reach the psychological threshold and go over and have the rite of passage to mature into the next stage of life. Some folks are emotionally stuck. Some people are spiritually stuck. God wanted to deliver us out of the rut, out of the muck and mire, so we could, amen, stand on a firm ground and make some mature progress. Hallelujah, anyhow. Paul said, but that's not all. I know I preached right there, but, and you... Still aren't ready, he told them, for you are still controlled by your own sinful desires. Controlled by what? Your own sinful desires. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your own desires, Paul said? You are acting like people who don't belong to the Lord, he told them. Paul would tell him, like my father said, like it, T-I-S is. Amen? He, he wasn't done. It's mostly attributed to Paul, but in Hebrews 5, 11 uh, through uh, verse 1 of chapter 6 in the NLT, he said, there is so much more we would like to say about this, but you don't seem to listen. So it's hard to make you understand. You have been Christians a long time now, and you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you the basic things a beginner must learn about the scriptures. You are like babies who drink only milk and cannot eat solid food. And a person who is living on milk isn't far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about doing what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who have trained themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong and then do what is right. In other words, you're emotionally and psychologically and spiritually potty trained. And it goes on in verse one of chapter six. So let us stop going over the basics of Christianity again and again and again. Every Sunday on ground zero, ground zero, the starting line, the starting line. When are we going to say, boom, go, and they're off. Run the race with patience that's set before you. And look to Jesus, the author and finish of your faith. We can't say that. Paul wasn't done. He said, let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start all over again with the importance of turning away from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. He's like, I can't have to talk about that. We need to be discipled and move on. He was trying to tell them. Folks don't want to be discipled. Jesus knew that. Read John 6, verse 66. Sound like Diablo's number, don't it? 666. 
that day many folk left the Lord. Our father Moses gave us manna in the desert. Jesus could have went back on in time. Well, let me go to the provocation chapter. Oh, y'all was cutting a monkey and acting like a fool and had to stay there for 40 years. Is that the time y'all talking about? But he ain't even go there. He said, oh, oh, you want me to um, provide more vittles? I gave y'all fish sandwiches the other day and we had 12 baskets left over. Uh, no, I ain't giving you leftovers because each disciple got one of them baskets. So y'all want me to give y'all more food? He said, okay, I got food. Drink my blood and eat my body. And he was like, what? This is a hard teaching. Who can follow such a thing? And many left Jesus. They didn't want to be discipled. They didn't want to say, you are the air I breathe. You know, they didn't want to say, oh, Christ the solid rock I stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So many today don't want to be disciple. That's close to my heart. I'm not going to talk about that too long because I'll be up here crying. We got to remember something, ladies. Remember this. Passing on Christian responsibility to our children means giving them the tools of discipleship, the tools of discipline, see, that will lead them to be governed by who? The Holy Spirit. I hear self-control, yeah. Temperance means self-control. That means the Holy Ghost is controlling yourself, though, not you. We read the, the, the spiritual gift incorrectly. Thank God they're what? Fruit of the Spirit. I know it's called temperance. Temperance means self-control. It don't mean you, do, you are doing it. The Holy Ghost is controlling you. But I got hormones. I just want to, you know, feel my fill of the hormones. You just say, no, don't turn that switch on yet. Are you in the marriage bed? No. Do this instead. Amen. Young adults, you're not married. Stop looking at all them sexually charged movies. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. Parents, back to you, mothers. Parents are to teach their children how to teach themselves as guided by the Holy Spirit. It's more imperative today that mothers have the mind of who? Christ. When ministering to, unto God, you know, being, the, being God's agents. Uh, in other words, you, you, you're God's agents for your domestic loved ones. And not only them, for your own self. Don't forget to minister through God to your own self. Sometimes we are doing wrong in the house because we didn't stay long enough in the prayer closet. Do you want to be the kind of mother that's close to God? Closer. To God. Some people think they're all close enough. No one's that close. You're not in glory yet. My God, we all could stand in the room. Amen. That 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 that's it's a big room that Pastor Norris used to say. The biggest room. The room for improvement. The biggest room. <laughs> we need to be in that room. Amen. Do you want to get better in certain areas in your life, mothers? Amen. What about having the mind and spirit of an excellent mother who God is calling in these last and evil days? What about that? Let it be your daily prayer. Is it just prayer right now in our assembly? No. What kind of prayer? Daily prayer. No, it's just Wednesday night. No, daily prayer. Mother Norris, how you doing? Prayer wheel. Keep it what? Turning like that. I didn't want to go driving to PA, to Philly, for the UNAC until she said, I got to hear the words, mother. I don't feel right. She said, keep the prayer wheel turning. I said, oh, oh, we could drive now, y'all. Let's go. I said that true. They were all in the car, Lisa too, all closing the door, locking and stuff. I said, nope, tut, tut. We're not leaving yet, mother. I call for the praying mothers. Hallelujah. Anyhow. I don't know if Lisa got in that quick. I just was trying to mess with her. I will honor my wife. Amen. Protect her honor. Thank God. But God is calling you mothers in these last and evil days. He is. He wants you to have a daily prayer effort without ceasing. And that should be your goal. You got to do it. Now I'm preparing to minister to you in prayer, mothers. But you need to think about this. You got to realize something. Amen. Look at... Psalm 37 as being your mother. And that's you in the mother's arms. 
Psalm 37 is your mother. Thank God. And I'm going to talk about your mama. Your mama's so, amen, sweet and kind that she will lay her hand upon your head in your need. Your mama. I'm talking about your mama. That's my mama joke, but it's a mama truth. Amen. Your mama's so sweet and godly that she will comfort you saying, fret not thyself. And she also says this kind of stuff. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Why? Because God will transform your heart, and you're not going to ask for the gate of hell stuff. Amen? I want to go down to Funky Avenue, Lord. Can I do it right quick? No, he's going to give you the desires of your holy heart, not a, un, not a funky heart. My God. Furthermore, God is also going to say to you from Psalm 37, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. What does wait patiently? It doesn't mean standing on the corner waiting for a bus. I'm being patient. I'm not going to gripe or complain. That's not what that means. That means wait. That means serve always. We got to look deeper into the Hebrew. Serve always. You know, rest in the Lord. Be at peace with God. Be in a right relationship with him. And serve always, serving him, everything you do. We were not made for a nonstop, 24-hour frantic pace. Hi, Lisa. <clears throat> Hi, I love you. Gwen, you too. I saw you. Your car is crying out to me. Your car's blood is crying out to me. No, I'm kidding. Hi, mother. <laughs> How you doing? I'm going to get you later. You Hi, mother. I'm going to be nice to you. Uh, the older mothers. Amen. Hope the Holy Ghost is getting you, though. Hallelujah. They more my age. I can kind of spank them a little harder. Thank you. The Holy Ghost doing it. I ain't spanking nobody because God is like, oh, the, he who is without need to be spanked, spank. I said, I can't spank nobody, Lord. When I'm going to grow up and be able to spank somebody, I'm going to spank somebody. No, you ain't spanking nobody. Let the Holy Ghost do his job. He's telling y'all to rest a while, right? In him. Thank God. Somebody said one time I heard a mother say, I work hard. I go home. I get my replenished spirit. I just look at the Cosby show. I was like, okay. The saints is getting uh, replenished through that. Okay. I hear you. Movies have some kind of therapeutic thing going on. But amen. You need to go rest where? In the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Thank God. Sometimes you may lay upon your own bed to go to sleep, but your mind is racing so. Anybody ever been there? Mind racing, right? I know because Lisa had me on a rodeo one night. I was like, good Lord. Lord, let her go to sleep. Your mind has a hard time resting in God. Sometimes I'm over there flipping. I said, I hope she don't get woke up. She could go to sleep quicker than me. I was like tossing and stuff, thinking about stuff. God says, stop counting sheep. Talk to me. I'm the shepherd. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I forgot. Mothers, you need to take time for the sake of your threefold renewal. You got a threefold renewal that sometimes you don't take advantage of. God wants to help you with your own physical body. God wants to help you with your soul. That's the seat of your emotions, your intellect, your passions, and all of that. That's the soul stuff. Some of us stay right there, but don't stop there. Your spirit. Has your spirit been regenerated by the Holy Ghost in answer to believe in prayer? I hope so. Amen. You have been transformed by the power of God. God needs you to amen. Let him work on things that, that your spirit needs so your spirit could tell the soul what it needs to do. Then your soul will tell the body what it needs to do. But we got it backwards a lot today. We let the body, the body, the body. I love your body. I love your body. You don't like my spirit very much. You're just looking at the body. Woman is more than a body. A lot of times in this social media and in the movies, they only show the torso of the woman, neck, Neck down by the, until you get to the thigh and stop. That's low enough, you know, right up in there. They don't care about your mind. You are a mind, not just a boom, boom, pam. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. Learn to relax in God, ladies. Go to the Holy Ghost Spa. Walking in his still waters. You hear that metaphor? Still waters. Do it naturally. Do it spiritually. Still waters while we re while you relaxing somewhere. Calgon, take me away. Let the Holy Ghost also take you away. 
Don't meditate on bad stuff. Oh, I wonder what Johnny's doing. Never mind, Johnny ain't going to help you much to get your spirit right. Amen. But, but I'm your soul mate, but you're not my spirit mate. Amen. Anyhow. God wants you to redeem the time. Make good use of the time. By waiting on, that means serving the Lord. Are you going to do it? Wait patiently for him. Go to the rendezvous point. Set it up. Say, no, I'm not bringing my phone in here. Turn it off. Turn the ringer off. Say, Lord, this is about me and you, you and me right now. I'm going to go there rendezvous with you and sometimes you got to calm the body down because you got aches and pains and all yeah so go ahead god don't mind that meditate on the word while you're there sing a song a hymn a spiritual song make melody in your heart but don't get slain in the spirit in the tub get out the tub first amen want none of y'all going home i'm gonna try what pastor said you killed my mother what are you doing Get out of the tub first, amen, and then, you know, put some clothes on you. And then maybe the Holy Ghost will slay you, make sure you need a bed, you can fall down on the bed, boom. Hallelujah, boom, and have a Holy Ghost dream. The Lord will show you of all the things pertaining to your life. I want to guard and guide you. God wants to do that for you, amen. He's going to give you a good pedicure. Your feet got to be shot with the gospel of preparation of peace, but some of y'all, your, your, your nails down there too long. Snip, snip, snip. Now the gospel of preparation of peace shoes can fit. Boom. Come on, sneakerella. I mean, whatever rella you are. Cinderella. Pumperella. Whatever you are. But God's going to fix your feet so they're doing the things of God. Not swift to shed innocent blood. Not busy in what other people's matters. Some of us got too much time on our hand. We're busy in other people's matters but god wants you to rest in him so we're about to pray mothers in the room mothers 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 all over the room those who are not a mother amen let's let's pray for them let's pray for them we're putting them in prayer right here and right now father god i thank you your spirit is here to rule and reign in our hearts rule and reign in the heart of every mother and the god of peace shall help you Beyond what you could fathom or think, beyond whatever you could expect, he's going to give you peace. Peace, I say. He's speaking peace. You're worrying about that child, that adult child. You're concerned. You have good, legitimate concerns. But God said, give me a space. I just need a few minutes. I'm going to take care of that. Let me take care of you and watch me take care of that other thing. Give your heart some time to be in the presence of God, the, the, the unadulterated, uh, amen, peaceful presence of God, not disturbed presence of God. Give the mothers a, a wisdom beyond their years so they could, and beyond uh, our uh, mortality, Lord. We know you're able. Show them. Give them, oh God, that space. Help them to make that space. God needs you to be a soldier, girl. You make space for you and your God. You're not going to call nobody during that time. No, no, no. But mommy, I want to, uh, mom, I need, oops, tut, tut, me and God. Five minutes, just give me, all right, I'm closing the door. Five, bye, talk to you later, boom. God want to get with you. He loves you, girl. He loves you, woman. He loves you. Think about you. Even you older woman, there's a girl in there. You forgot about her. You've been busy with this, busy with that. And the, the generation, you know, after you, they're coming to you with all these problems. You already got some issues and challenges, you know, about society, about yourself, what you went through. And now this new generation is bringing their baggage. And now you got to deal with that. But God is saying, put all that on hold. Let me deal with you. I want to coddle you. I want to hold you, caress you like the child pictured in Psalm 37. I want you to not fret, not to worry. I want you to know I'm going to take care of matters. Win the battle in prayer, ladies. Win the battle in prayer, mothers. Hallelujah. The society we are part of don't want you to pray. They want you inebriated. They want you drugged up. Some drugs are needed, but don't abuse drugs. 
Hallelujah. Spirit is not speaking to me to tell you, oh, uh, the doctor's a devil. That's not what I said. Some of us need a little medication here and there. Why there's a chemical imbalance. And God has given wisdom to that profession to do it right. Don't go to the ones just want to pump you up and, and get rich. You're taking 30 pills. No, there's something wrong there. But I'm talking about you got a couple of pills and, and you're balancing it out. And sometimes you could get off them pills. You do things right and change. Change your ways, woman. Ah, change how you eat. Change how you rest. Some of you are not getting enough rest. Just the, body, the, the basic body stuff. Hallelujah. Walking around, you should have been handling them corns on your feet. Soak your feet. Hallelujah. Well, that sounds funny, but I'm walking on a corn right now. And, I, and I, my feet are overdue for a soak. I know that sounds weird, but the Lord let me, you know, be too busy to do it. And I said, Lord, you wanted, you've shown me a vision. I was going to be studying at the desk and, 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 and killing two birds with one stone, multitask. Soak your feet while doing the other thing. <laughs> Sometimes you better take care of yourself. There's only one of you. There's only one of you. Only one of you. God wants to take care of you. Soak in his presence. Soak in his presence, women. Soak in his presence. Amen. I, I, want, I want the best Lisa I could possibly have. I'm going to leave her alone. Let her get with God. When she come out of that prayer closet, she's going to be Wonder Woman, my woman. Hallelujah. Get with God. Hallelujah. I want my mom to be Wonder Woman. Hallelujah. Get with God. You're going to get with God, Mother Irene. Hallelujah. My God, sweet Dorothy, sweet Irene, Elder Gwen, amen, bless you. Get with God, one of the best sister-in-laws in in the whole wide world. My God, she's going to be even better. She get with God. I'm going to leave her alone. Get with God, girl. Thank God. Get with God. Let all the women get with you, Lord. You're already, amen, approaching them. God said, draw out of me, and I'm going to draw out of you. Hey, there's going to be a rendezvous where I'm going to replenish you. I'm going to take care of you. Sometimes there's devotional books just for that. You could go on the app, amen, they got little prayer uh, plans, and you could go through, and they got scriptures just for you, servicing motherhood. My God, God wants to bless you. Body, soul, spirit, in the name of Jesus. Be renewed today in Jesus' matchless name. Hey, the Holy Ghost breathes on you. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.